I was Pete Denk from THG Bloodstock. Um, good guy. An honest Bloodstock agent. Which probably kills him, but... Uh, but those guys do a good job. They're very, very thorough, and they've they've done well with the the limited chances that they've gotten. Um, some speaking of someone who does well, like literally all the time, Mister Johnson, are, are you with us? I am. Can you hear me? Yes, I, I can hear you loud and clear. This is CJ okay. Johnson of CJ Thoroughbreds. Uh, CJ Thoroughbreds that had a winner, an international winner today. <laughs> We did. We, uh, you know, we we bought a, a few at Tattersalls a couple of years ago. Uh, some horses in training, and actually, uh, one of them just won an allowance at Belmont on uh, on Friday. And um, so, you know, we kind of made some connections over there. And um, you know, the jockey William Buick, his father Walter, has, um, you know, he's just kind of we kept in contact with him. And uh, you know, at the Breeze Up sale last year, I believe. And I wasn't there, so I got to remember how this all went down. But I, it, he basically finds this Flintshire filly for us out of nowhere, and kind of calls us and says, "Hey, you know, I can get her for nothing, um, but I, I she's going to take some time. Obviously, um, you know, the Flintshires aren't very precocious, and so, um, you know, I, I think we paid maybe thirty grand for her or something, and we decided." Um, you know, she's going to take some time. Let's do it right. Let's, let's keep her over there. So we gave her to Charlie Fellows. And, uh, and, and, and I should also go back. Her female family is all part of that, you know, that fifth key family, the Lemons Forever, all that. Um, she's out of a Spiketown mare. She's right over here. And so we're like, you know, if she can't run, we'll just, we'll make her a broodmare. You know, she's um, obviously Flintshire is very well bred. And then, and then you've got this uh, dam who is a stakes winner as well. And part of the 50 family, so like we'll make our broodmare. Well, she ran a few weeks ago, and and actually in a 17 horse field, trapped on the rail, had nowhere to go. You know, starts passing horses and and runs a very nice fifth. And so, you know, today she's like, um, and I'm still getting used to kind of the classes of races over there. You know, it's a little yeah. different because um, <laughs> they don't have maiden claimers. But I'm thinking it was probably a little step down. Um, but yeah, she opened up as the, as the favorite and actually won by, you know, two or more really easy. So that was pretty exciting to get our first win over there. Yeah, that, that's always, and listen, winning anywhere is, is, uh, is not easy, but, uh, it's kind of cool that, you know, you guys have horses, uh, all over the place. Now CJ Stable is, is, um, that's you and your dad and, and, uh, is there anyone else involved? Um, yeah, so we, I mean, as far as the operations go, it's me, my father, and then Mike Renfro uh, works for us. And um, you know, it's it kind of it just started out as as me and dad, and um, then we just kind of now we're up to forty horses in training, and it got kind of too much. And dad's trying to step back a little bit, you know, and and so Mike and I sit in the office every day and grind it, you know, grind away. And um, yeah, it's but we do, you know, everything isn't owned by. Um, my father and I, we put partnerships together with good friends of ours. Um, you know, we're not really one of those public partnerships. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, and all of our partnerships kind of focus on buying fillies and, and getting that, you know, trying to get that black type ultimately and then, uh, reselling. So, you know, hopefully we can make a little money back and have some fun, but, but then, you know, we've got about 10 horses that, um, dad and I own a hundred percent of that. We just kind of have some fun with. Now your dad was a, was a long time, uh, racing executive um i don't i don't i don't mean to age him or anything but uh <laughs> you know you guys were involved with a, a lot of um well notable most notably at least recently was uh kentucky downs um yeah. it kind of fill everybody in on, on on what you used to do uh there at kentucky downs well yeah it was uh it was kind of a wild deal he you know he ran lone star park for a while and then resigned from that and kind of got out of it and started you know, kind of owning horses and, uh, here and there, just a few and any own part of, uh, the old Richland Hills farm, um, up there in, uh, in Lexington. And, and, uh, so basically he, he had this, you know, this Philly with Pletcher and Pletcher's like, I think he brought it up from Argentina or something. And Pletcher's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to run her in the stakes race at Kentucky Downs. And dad's like, what is that? I'm, I don't even, you know, I don't even know. <laughs> right. And so he shows up. He goes to the race and he goes, "Oh my God, we can we can do something with this." And and that was when uh, Brad Kelly Calumet owned it. And so mm-hmm. they got a group together, 
they purchased it and they you know they luckily got the historical racing machines and all that but basically i was kind of doing my own gig um you know i grew up at the track i was I, I, honestly I went, I went to arizona for a year and a half and i kind of got just burned out on it all i was a young kid i didn't know what i wanted to do you know and so I was doing my own thing, and he, he calls me in, in 2012, about a month before the meet started. And he goes, look, uh, our GM just resigned, and, and I, got, I got, or the director of racing just resigned or whatever. I got, I got no one that can help me do this. He goes, I need your help. I need you to move up, you know, and this was like a week's notice. Um, he's like, I need you to move up right now and get this meet together. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, he's like, I know you can do it, but I just, I got no one else, buddy. So help me please. You know, so I quit my job that I was at for about six years and literally gave him a week's notice and moved up and, um, kind of put it all together. Um, 2012, like, you know, a lot of the racing operations, um, and all that kind of stuff. And then as we on track grew and started getting a bigger crowd on track, I mean, cause that was kind of one of the things I wanted to focus on. It was such a cool atmosphere out there. As you know, you, you're, you're a stakes winning trainer out there, man. Come on. I had your, I had your picture on the wall in the racing office. You know, you know what kind of atmosphere that place was. Yeah. Um, my, so my record, my record at Kentucky Downs was so good that the, everybody would be calling me a juice trainer if they, if they saw my, my, my stakes <laughs> record. I, I think I was like seven for eight there. And the and the one I got beat, I think I think was third in like one of the big races. It was, but but all the stats. You were up there for the for the all time winners list. I'm still like thirty seventh or something. I haven't even yeah. I haven't run a horse there in, in a decade and a half. But yeah. uh, but unfortunately, the purses weren't quite so good back then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think they were exactly. all fifty thousand, seventy five thousand dollars. I think one of them might have been a hundred. <laughs> now the yeah. same race is like yep. eight hundred. <laughs> unbelievable man um yeah but anyways i just i really wanted to kind of elevate the fan experience and and you know and, it, and so as the purse money grew the field sizes grew the excitement grew and and we started getting more and more people and you know it was uh it was a bigger you know we had to start improving things like the video signal the track the rail you know all that kind of stuff and so i got a little bit of help finally and was able to move into kind of just a more you know wagering television um uh, simulcast contracts you know all that kind of stuff behind the scenes um whereas before i'm you know running around going crazy making sure that you know there's enough hot dogs at this stand and then also watching the wagering and you know make it oh making sure we're not going off on top of uh gold stream or whatever you know that kind of stuff and so you know once we grew and started doing a little better uh, you know i was able to get some help and kind of focus my attention on certain stuff but yeah it was a it was, you know, there's nothing you can learn all you can from being at the track and all and going to school. But once you get thrown into it like that, um, you know, it's a real cram session. And uh, I've learned a ton uh, from the front side of it. And I think that's really helped me out with kind of being an owner and, and understanding kind of what these tracks go through. And, you know, I, I guess, I don't know, I've got patience for some things and I've got less patience for other things. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so no, it was it was really good. It was a great learning experience. But anyways, they so they finally sold the track and and I you know stayed on for another year and and that last year was when we started. You know, we knew it was kind of my time was probably running running out there, and so we started doing these. Uh, we started our first partnership, and that's when we bought Sally's Curlin. Uh, we bought five fillies that year, and she was one of them. And um, you know, then I got let go from there, and so this is you know full-time what we do now and we've we've grown it up to you know 40 horses in training and and looking to buy 10 12 more yearlings this year now sally's curlin uh she's retired right uh you guys retired or she was a she won a couple grade threes and grade one place philly yeah and and look i don't know you know i don't i got some bad news this morning it's not looking too good on her uh on her pregnancy to tap it right now. She, mm -hmm. She's kind of trying to trying to get rid of it. Um, so honest to God, I know I put that picture out because I saw her this last weekend, you know, but right now, I mean, literally, I just got this call a couple hours ago, so we've been trying to figure this all out. Uh, but she might be back in training soon if this doesn't work out, you know. Um, and I saw her, and she's lost a little bit of fitness. It'll take her some time, but, you know, that's the thing. It's just, it's, you know, we got her and pulled the first time and now all of a sudden, you know, they check and it's not looking as good. So I don't know. It's kind of up in the air. 
Yeah, it, it's not quite as easy as everyone thinks. You know, I breed him. I oh, just breed him, and that's it. You know. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I thought it was. I was, you know, I was thrilled. I mean, have a you know her, a filly of her caliber in in full to tap it, and you know the partners were all happy, and mm-hmm. you know the people at Gainesway were great working with us. Um, you know, and I thought that was going to be great because he's only covering a hundred mares this year. You know, so there's going to be more demand for those. Um, and yeah, it's just it's a shame, but you know, so we gotta we gotta kind of take a look at everything and see what's going next. So, you know, a little bit of breaking news here on, on the Chuck Simon show. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) There you go. We we have the exclusive CJ Thoroughbred's breeding operation update. I like that. It's it's interesting. We were talking about, uh, Curlin, uh, before with Pete Dank about the Belmont and how Pletcher's got a couple Curlin Colts in there that, that seem like they're in there as much because they're by Curlin out of, you know, mares that, that, that uh, had had a lot of stamina than anything, but but you know Sally's Curlin was was really more of a, a one turn sprinter that that uh, that came from behind, which which uh, you know was a little bit kind of uh, atypical for for Curlins. Yeah, I mean when we look when we bought her, um, you know we only got her for you know we paid about one sixty four, and I remember that was the first horse I ever bought, and I, I'm bidding on her, my hands shaking, you know, and I <laughs> kind of fell in love with her right away, and she's. It, it was just funny because the whole time we thought, oh, two turns. Like, when right. she gets two turns, you know, and on debut, she runs third at Churchill going one turn. And she had a little bit of an issue. So we gave her a lot of time because, you know, at that at that point, we thought, okay, she's, we think this might be something. But the whole time, it was like, let's get two turns. Let's get two turns. And, you know, finally, she breaks her maiden one turn. We run her again, you know, on that next level allowance. And... That's a one turn. She wins that. And then I think she went um, Ellis Park. And that, that mile there is kind of like one and a half turns. You know what I'm saying? They got that shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, she wins that. And then, you know, it was – no, I'm sorry. Ellis was the second one. And then I think the third one was that next allowance that she won by nine. And and it's one turn. And we're going, oh, all right. You know, maybe – because we did try two turns at Gulfstream once. And that was when she got, uh, I think she got fourth, maybe third, but Dunbar Road won that race and just, you know, absolutely smoked the field. Um, and she actually ran okay, and so we were still like, all right, she might be a two-turn. So then after, um, and this was, man, I'm, you know, she's, I'm trying to remember exactly, but we, so we ran her in the uh, Indiana Oaks going two turns, and she just showed nothing. I mean, it was just like, you know, a total beatdown, because I'm thinking, I know this is going to be a tough race, but come on. You know, I figured we'd at least get, like, fourth or fifth or something, and, and she just didn't run a step. And that's when we then ran her in the Chaluki one turn, and she just, you know, she toyed with that field, one pretty easy there. Uh, then we were like, all right, well, let's go back to two turns. So we tried her in the Fall City, and nothing, again. You know, so then we were like, all right, let's lay her up. And that's when she came back in the Madison at seven furlongs out of all things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking – there's no way she can get there on that. You know, going seven at Gulfstream, are you kidding me? And that race ends up being, you know, that figure she got in that race is a negative zero thoroughbred, which is like a, you know, a Breeders' Cup type number. So we're like, oh, man, we okay, I guess we got a closing sprinter now. But, you know, unfortunately, that's really stressful when you've got limited distance and you got to make up a ton of ground. And so it, I really feel like it was all mental with her. She was the soundest horse in Dale's Barn. You know, she's... um it, it it was just strange because some some days she'd want to be, you know, eight back on the back stretch, and other times she'd want to be fifteen lengths back. You know, in in the Breeders' Cup Fillymare Sprint, she was she broke out of the gate on top. They sent me like a nice little picture book, and it was like you know the race kind of frame by frame. Well, out of the gate she was on top. <laughs> I mean, she outbroke the mean. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, but then she comes back, right? And she's fifteen, but you know, and it was just. I don't know. It was it was very frustrating. I mean, she's such a cool, smart filly, though. It, you know, I, I you can't be mad because we don't owe her anything. You know, she doesn't owe us anything. I mean, you know, and so I don't know, man. It was she was our first big horse, and you know, obviously, I want to. It's tough making the decision to retire her now and get her in full, but you know, maybe this is you know the universe kind of unfolding and and saying she's maybe she just needs a little time off in the paddock and and we'll see if we can get her back you know it's funny because sometimes there's horses that just don't match their running style just doesn't match their pedigree like 
uh, when I was working for Tommy Skiffington a long time ago, we had a horse named Hollywood Handsome. And I think there's been like four horses since then. This is how long ago it was. But Hollywood Handsome was like a, a closing. Uh, he, he was actually he had a similar style as Sally's Curling, except he wanted to go long on the turf. Uh, and he would come from the, the clouds, you know, and he was kind of a big horse. And he would just make one big, long, sustained run, mile and uh, an eighth, mile and a quarter. Just, just you know, uh, a horse that really had, um, you know, no distance limitation that didn't seem. Sure. And he was by Groovy. <laughs> you know, Groovy was a, not a good stallion. Groovy was a bad stallion. He he just you know. owned by my good friend Jake Ballas's father. Yeah, I remember Groovy. So you know, Groovy as a racehorse was like an absolute, you know, balls to the wall sprinter yep. that that didn't want anyone in front of him. Uh, and that was Groovy. That was kind of Groovy's uh, Achilles' heel. And Carlos Martin is probably going to scream at me again, but but um, you know he he uh, he. he you know, if you could head him, which very few horses were able to do, you, sometimes you could beat him. But, what the, you know, the whole point is, like, Groovy would go 21-43 and change to the half going uh, six furlongs in the dirt and run 130 buyers carrying 130 pounds. And, and you know, his, one of his most successful sons is Hollywood Handsome, and he wants to go a mile and an eighth on the grass coming from last. Yeah. You know? And, I mean, to, you know, to be fair, he was he was out of a His Majesty Mare, which is where that, you know, that all came from. And, and yeah. uh, but, uh, yeah, it, do, it doesn't always match up. But uh, you you guys had a well, nice winner. With her, sorry to interrupt, but she's, a more, she's out of a more than ready mare. So it's, you know, we kind of thought, we were like, all right, well, we'll, we'll, we, we always have the grass to go back on. You know, because some girls mm-hmm. can run on the grass, too. And, um, you know, she ran okay in the two times we ran in the grass. Um, but, again, and I know that her last race at, at Kingland, she was um, – you know, in heat. So I think that was a big part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and as you know, with these Phillies, it's tough to predict that kind of stuff. No, absolutely. Uh, you got, but you, I was saying, you guys had a nice winner a couple of weeks ago, a two-year-old um, at Belmont Park uh, that's with Wesley Ward. Uh, what, what's going on? What Tell us about that horse, and well, including a name, and um, you know, what's yeah. going on there. <laughs> Her, uh, her name is Miss Alacrity, and um, she, you know, that that uh, phasing sale at Kentucky for the New York Reds that was supposed to be the Saratoga sale, right? That, we, we, with that not being held at Saratoga last year, we saw that as an opportunity. And we, look, we've never gone, we're usually just buying Kentucky Reds, right? Okay. And um, we saw that kind of as an opportunity to maybe get, you know, with the New York Red program being better and all that, Maybe we can find some skills at this sale since, you know, people aren't walking right out of their barns over to the sale, right? And so um, we actually bought three New York Reds, and uh, two of them are with Jimmy Bond, and they'll both debut at Saratoga. And then, um, you know, we found this one. Uh, she RNA'd. We liked her, and she RNA'd, and um, we took Wesley over to see her. And Wesley goes, oh, yeah, I can do something with this, you know? And so we got... We got our vetted, you know, basically told them, you know, all right, we'll let you know before the sun goes down. And, and they, we got our vetted, passed her, and we called them right away, made an offer. And so um, she is just a big, you know, bulky-looking Munnings um, out of just Jenda, who was a multiple-graded stakes winner, uh, amazing mare. And, you know, she was kind of, when I went down to Palm Meadows uh, earlier this year a few times, she was kind of the one uh, that was, you know, most forward out of. Uh, so Wesley has, has three two-year-olds for us right now. Two of them are Kentucky Reds, and one is her. That's New York Red, and uh, she was kind of always the one that was just, you know, right off the bat. You know, we knew it was going to be ready, and um, yeah, I, I remember watching her first breeze. Uh, I mean, they didn't officially clock it, but you know, they were breathing, and. You know, I felt bad for the horse, for the the other filly she was breathing breathing with the bars because she just put her away and you know opened up by seven and our other fillies look around going what the hell's going on right now you know um, and so we kind of you know we really liked her but the the New York Red race the two year old races weren't going and so you know I had a buddy of mine who um, texted me and he goes hey what's what's up with your uh, your two year old Wesley horse this this Munnings you know she's got like twelve workouts under her. Wesley doesn't ever, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're usually starting at Keeneland with like five, six workouts, you right. know, official clock ones. I'm like, well, man, we, you know, we've 
We tried, and you know how Wesley, Wesley's got a ton of good two-year-olds. I mean, like, we'll never take offense if he's not going to enter us because he thinks, you know, he, he doesn't want us to get beat, and he, and he thinks this one might be better suited for Ascot, so let's win with this one early. That's fine, you know. Um, and so the races wouldn't go at Belmont. Um, and so finally we got her we got her in one, and it was just, you know, I, I'll be honest. I know she was, you know, a huge favorite, and I was a little worried about that Tim Ham horse on the rail that, that just wouldn't go away. And finally in the stretch, I mean, Johnny B just kind of tapped her on the shoulder a couple times, and she just took off. I mean, I've, we've never won a race by 10 before you know, let alone first time out. So that was a really big one for us. I Wesley really wanted to get her back down to Kentucky so he could see her, you know, and watch her train and all that kind of stuff. So she's back at Keeneland now. Um, and kind of, you know, we don't ever, right off the bat, we don't overreact, you know, and, and figure out, you know, or decide where to send them next. Um, you know, we always wait a little bit. And, you know, Wesley likes to give him a couple weeks off and then he'll start working them again. So, I think because she was up at Belmont for so long, I don't, you know, I don't know when the last time he saw her was. So once he kind of sees how she's doing, we'll we'll take his lead on her. But um, you know, I know there's some New York Red Stakes races coming up here for babies. You know, that would have been nice, but I, I just wasn't time to get there. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what what happens next. Um, but yeah, we're we're actually really excited about her. Um, you know, I, I think we're gonna have a fun fun year in New York with her. Um, like I said, those other two with Jimmy Bond, you know, he he's trained for us in the past, and he's a great guy. I mean, I can't I, – I think the world of him. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, getting up to Saratoga this year for those as well. Yeah, Jimmy Bond is, is a good guy. and He certainly will – will if you're looking for to try to be a, a, the, the flashiest dresser in the paddock, it's not going to happen if, if Jimmy Bond is there. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna have one of those those bright blue uh, uh, sports jackets he loves <laughs> so much. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, not not that I'm giving you any you know uh, advice or anything, but they run this race called yeah. the Skylerville on July 15th at Saratoga. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I uh, I definitely think that that's an option right now. Um, I, I yeah, I mean, I was fun. I was watching her race and I was thinking to myself. This Philly doesn't need to run against New York Breds. <laughs> you know? Yeah, New York Breds is like a you know like like the like the the option C because uh, hell if they were after if they know they got to run against her they might not fill but uh, yeah she she looked really really impressive and and just like you know she ran through the wire and um, you know I, I was very impressed. Yeah, she looked really professional doing it. That's the other thing. I mean, she didn't get tired. She didn't start, you know, staggering around. Johnny B didn't have to do anything, you know, correct her or anything like that. That's that. She leveled off really well. Um, but you're right about the New York Red thing. It's it's, it's a tough one because if they can run for open, you know, you'd love to do that. But or do you just, you know, go ahead and mop up the New York Reds and get that money, you know? So um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting with her though. I, but I think we're gonna have some fun with her. Um, really excited and and i'm just i'm excited to have you know these new york friends like i said we, we're not really you know we don't run up there that often we have a couple up there but um ready to get some more action up there and hopefully that that win at belmont you know with her and then the win at belmont on friday and that allowance uh you know hopefully that's a that's a sign of things to come for us in new york yeah it's a good problem to have listen it's a great problem to have uh yeah. You got any anything in the pipeline? Anything we we can uh, we can be looking for? You know what? We kind of we got a slow little week coming up. To be honest with you, um, not really. We we ran a bunch this weekend and in this last week and and had some disappointments. Had some had some wins. You know, we uh, Lone Star yesterday was kind of brutal. We had you know a three year old running her first race against older and get beat a brutal nose for second you know but she still ran well um but yeah i mean and and honestly with these two-year-olds we've got you know the other two are one's ready to go for sure we're just kind of waiting for the right race um trying to think it's um i mean yeah it's i mean in in uh i got i got a text a horse down here in texas that i, I really like it's this little kayla's posse that he broke his maiden at sam houston pretty impressively and so um, June 6th, uh, his name is Rebel Posse, but he, he's just a cool little horse. I bought the pin hook and, you know, that was during the pandemic when no one was buying anything. So he RNA'd and we just decided to keep him. Uh, but he's with Matt Bear down here and, and, uh, I don't know. It's just, 
you know, he's not flashy, but he's, but man, he runs well. And uh, last race came off the grass, of course, we ran him in the mud, gave him a shot, and he gets beat by a dirty neck, mm-hmm. you know, uh, gets second. But, but he just always tries his hardest. You know, and so he had a great workout last week, and we're looking forward to this this allowance on June 6th. You know, hopefully we can get this rain to stop. It's literally been raining in Texas for two months straight. So, um, you know, that's one that I am excited about. I, I, I just like, you know, useful horses that are honest and true and try their hardest every time. I mean, like I said, nothing crazy looking, you know, and he wasn't very expensive, but he's just, he's a cool horse. Right. Um, but, yeah, with, the, with all the other two-year-olds, you know, we're – Obviously, we're taking our time with them, but we've we got some decent ones. We got a uh, one that just uh, joined Stidham uh, out of uh, at Arlington, and she is out of Upper Line, which is a very nice mare that um, Stidham trained. She and this one's by Warfront, and so you know everyone's like, "Well, why would you take you know that to to Arlington?" Well, <laughs> Stidham trained Upper Line from Arlington, and so you know she'll kind of get. Um, get in his program up there and get, you know, ready to run and probably won't run her there. We might, you know, who knows? I mean, honestly, with, with something like that, that, you know, the war front out of a mare like that, um, even if we break our maiden at, at Arlington, if it's the right thing for the horse, we'll do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a big flashy hundred thousand dollar maiden special at Churchill or whatever, but sure. you know, if, it, if, it's, if it's best for the horse, we'll do it. Absolutely, and you know it's a starting point. It's always a starting point, uh, and you know train, trainers are creatures of habit. <laughs> you know the yeah. horse's mother did good here, so we're going <laughs> to bring bring the foal here. Yeah. It's, it's uh, I, you know, I I can't say that I didn't do that myself because I did quite often. Sure. Um, you yeah. guys going to have anything at? Uh, Oh, I was just gonna say when we bought her, like Stidham, you know, we didn't we bought her and we didn't have a trainer for it. And usually we'll have the trainer sign off on a horse before we bid and buy, you know. But we didn't have a trainer. We go, Mike, come look at this, you know, come and and Hillary looked at her and Hillary like started tearing up because she was like she looks just like her mom, you know. And wow. uh so yeah, she was at Nile Brennan's with uh with another one we had and that that other one went to Fairhill and, and she's going to Arlington, so well, there's nothing wrong with that, and you need to get up to Arlington at least once this year because we don't know if Arlington's going to be around much longer. And oh, I'll, I'm getting up there. Yeah, yeah, trust me. I got we got we got a three year old that hadn't started yet with Owen Hardy up there. That coincidentally is also out of upper line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's a spike down. <laughs> um, you know, we just she had a couple little issues, and we took our t- our time with her, and she just got up to Arlington, and started working for the first time. So we got her up there, and then we have a. Kodiak Philly that actually just won at Indiana a couple weeks ago Stidham that's at Arlington she'll probably run there as well so trust me as soon as as soon as we know when we're running I'm I'm gonna book a flight and I'll, I'll get up there. Uh, you guys gonna have anything at Del Mar? That is, you know, probably not to be honest with you. We only have one at Santa Anita right now, and and she she didn't run very well the other day, mm-hmm. um, and so. Uh, we're going to give her some class relief and she's, she's, uh, she's had a lot of issues now. She's actually, uh, we bought her with Sally's curling and, uh, she broke her maiden finally in February because she just had this knee, you know, we knew about the knee when we bought her and we kind of took a swing with her. And so we've taken it easy, but she's a gorgeous kid now that is just an absolute giant. And she's a total front runner and she broke her maiden for 50 at Santa Anita. And, and it was actually very impressive. And then, since we stepped up for winners, we just can't get it done. And so I I think we're going to move her up to Golden Gate and give her just some class relief, and, and hopefully that'll work out. You know, get one more run in her before they stop, um, I think, here in like a month or whatever it is. So, you know, it, it but it depends. I mean, you know, we do still have a horse with Owen Hardy, so if she she's seconds. good enough to go there, you know, we'll go. Yeah, yeah, just I know a lot of guys are uh... – you know, looking forward because the the incentives that Delmar provides are, and I, I guess Santa Anita is kind of starting to piggyback on that. But uh, you know, the, they provide a, a really you know huge incentive to owners uh, paying for you to get out there. I mean, basically giving you cash, giving you a big bonus. Uh, I think they give you a bonus for the entire meet. It used to be just the first race, but I think it's now it's the entire meet. Um, stakes excluded, of course. And I think cowbreds uh, it too. I don't think that. Uh, you know, if you bring a cow bread to California, I don't think they're going to give you anything extra. But uh, 
Um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, I know a lot of guys trying to claim out of Churchill because Churchill meet kind of ends corresponding with when Delmar's begins, and um, you know I, I know I've heard a lot of claiming activity at Keeneland or excuse me at Churchill uh, is for horses that are that are going to be headed to the West Coast. Yeah, and, and you know what I I, I kind of take that back. And we have actually talked about it a little bit because we got in an interesting situation with No Woodbine. And, um, you know, depending on what happens there, but we, but we have talked about, there's a, you know, we have a couple of European bread fillies that, you know, we thought, man, this actually, this could work out at Delmar. And, you know, you really hate moving trainers, um, a lot, but sometimes if there's just not, a, cause we've just gotten stuck, you know, we're not able to run these horses yeah. and it's happened time and time again, you know, with these turf fillies. Um, and it, and it really hurts, um, whether it's rain or COVID or not filling, you know, um, that, that one, that one on Friday, you know, she, our race, we were trying to run her for a month and couldn't get a race and she's supposed to be a woodbine, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's, it's, we've definitely talked about it. Um, I hate getting them out of the routine and moving them to a different conditioner, you know, but if if we're, if we can't run, what are we going to do? That is the biggest problem I hear from owners and trainers, really more, more than anything. And you know, owners and trainers will find will find something to bitch about, even if everything is going great. You know, but yeah, I mean, and this is just we're all guilty of it. But the one thing that's been consistent over the last few years that, that every every trainer and owner almost without um, without a, t- a doubt. It, uh, and it, almost at any circuit, complains that they have a hard time finding races for for a lot of their classes of horses, other than uh, you know bottom claimers or uh, sure. you know maiden you know maiden uh, turf horses or you know things like that, which which literally always fill. But uh, I mean, even Churchill yep. the other day, I saw they had a five horse ten claimer, um, you know, carded with five, and yeah. uh, short fields are, are just everywhere. Um, Arlington's one of the few places that's not having short fields, but they're only running 16 races a week. So, yeah, man, they sure. better not have short fields with, with, uh, you know, un, under those circumstances. And, um, you know, it, it's a good thing for an owner in, in a sense that, Hey, you, you'd rather, you know, you got a whole lot better chance of getting a check in a five horse field than a 12 horse field. But, you know, you've worked on the other side of, uh, of the, the, you know, the, on the racetrack side and, and you know, the numbers and, I mean, we all kind of are cognizant of the fact that uh, we can't run a bunch of four and five horse races and expect uh, to to be able to maintain or, or to ever grow handle in in that situation. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look at and and I hate to single someone out, but look at like you know Charlestown and Mountaineer. I mean, those those, those horsemen want to run in five horse fields, and that's why they run whatever three hundred days out of the year. They, they you know, uh, and, they're not like Mountaineer canceled for tomorrow night because they couldn't fill. Yeah. So I know, and, and and now look where it's gotten them, you exactly. know. And I know that's all kind of slot welfare and that kind of stuff, but still, man. I mean, uh, at some point, yeah, it's 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 not fun running a ten twelve horse field. I mean, you know, especially in a turf race where it's just like it's, you know, most of the races are all about trip, right? I mean, let's be honest. They're they're if you get a good trip, you might be twenty to one. You're you're going to win. You're going to beat a horse that might be better than you that just gets stuck and and gets you know a terrible trip. And so, it is tough. Um, and it's it's really frustrating. But but that's but I mean, that's part of I don't the, know. It's part, part of the game. Of the game. And I understand. Yeah. Yes, and that's what we need to make this. You know, if these trainers want their handle to grow, though, obviously the field's got to be bigger. And you know, I'm all for it. I'm all for you know, man, getting a rough trip and finishing second, third, fourth. Yeah, it's definitely not any fun, but uh, you know, if, if 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 more people are betting on these races, that that's fine. Um, you know, hell, we we had a let's see a Gulfstream yesterday. We dropped you know yelling in for twelve five, and, and she just had nowhere to go, and you know, probably wasn't her day anyways. But she finished fifth, and she won for twenty last time out. Right. Yeah, Al- Alan Jerkins I mean, used to say turf racing is where one guy wins and five guys should have won. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a hundred percent. And I, and I hate just, you know, being full of excuses all the time, but when you got partners in these horses and, you know, it's, I swear, you know, most of our losses aren't just cause she wasn't the best. It's, it's, well, we got in trouble here. This happened. We got slammed out of the gate, this, 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 you know, and as you know, 
anything like, I mean, one little, you got to be much the best to overcome one little thing going wrong in a race, right? I mean, whether it's getting bumped out of the gate or, or one little check or whatever, you know? Um, so, yeah, and, and I mean, a lot of these races, you know, these turf races are all competitive, as we know, for the most part. You know, very, very it's not like these dirt races where, you know, horses are constantly winning by five, you know, at one to five and that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we've, and we've actually brought some more horses to, to Lone Star and, and unfortunately, you know, this rain the last two months, I can't tell you how many we've had to scratch or, or run on an off track or, you know, and, and lost, but, um, you know, I think Texas has been doing a much better job with their product and, uh, you know, their field sizes are growing and I, and I think, um, you know, the tax deal that they did a couple of years ago, that's definitely helping out a lot. I mean, we brought... Uh, eight mares and fold the Kentucky stallions down here, fold them out. I got eight yearlings I'm selling at the Texas sale, you know, that are all by useful Kentucky stallions. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can keep that cycle going. You know, I think, I think Texas racing could do that too in the next, you know, five years or so back to where it was, you know, in the, in the late nineties, early two thousands. They had a nice card at, at uh, Lone Star yesterday that kind of unfortunately got, uh, interrupted by, uh, a bad rainstorm. I, I blame. Uh, yeah. I, I blame uh, Swift and and Chu for their presence. It's always, well, it's always Chu's fault. They're, they're, Chu's the ultimate mush. He um, he, he brought that karma yeah. there, man. Like, no, it it was a great day, it really was. And, you know, that I felt awful for them. Um, you know, they had two amazing turf races, and you know, we'll just go back to how difficult turf racing is. We were going to enter a uh, make believe Philly that you know. Uh, from Europe that we bought in the, in the Ouija board and, and, uh, it's her race two weeks ago or three weeks ago, got scratched off the turf. So we scratched her Well, we worked her on the dirt the next week and she got hurt. And, you know, now she's up in Kentucky, a Windstar, you know, in rehab. I mean, it's just, if it's not one thing, it's another, you know? And so, but no, that card yesterday was amazing. They did a great job. I felt awful for them. They still smashed their handle record, you know, but if, those races don't come off the turf what are they what are they they beat it by two million you know right exactly that's it's tough but you know weather's the one factor that we just can't uh you know we can't control yeah this uh it's been un i mean it's it's been insane here the last two months literally i i think it's probably rained on average four out of seven days a week for two months straight i mean we it hasn't rained today, but it looks like it's about to. You know, it rained mm-hmm. last night. At, it, the, the skies kind of opened up right before the the, uh, the Sexton Mile. And, um, you know, I don't know if you saw that picture on, on Twitter, but I think we got a nice double rainbow and all that. And yeah. Kind of about 11 o'clock. Um, we actually stayed at the track for a while and kept betting on, like, Hastings and Assiniboia and stuff. <laughs> so then we left about 11, and it started sprinkling on me again on my drive home, and it kind of rained throughout the night. And then stop this morning, and it's supposed to rain tomorrow again. I mean, it's just—it's never been this bad, and uh, it's—I don't know. I guess it'll set up well for the last month of the meet or whatever. You know, that turf course won't be so hard, but still, man, it's just—it's been brutal. Yeah, we Barry and I were on the podcast last night, kind of making fun of the rest of the country because it's you know was eighty-five and sunny here all weekend, and I saw people with jackets and hoodies and. All kinds of stuff oh, in Kentucky, oh, yeah. Monmouth, and New York. Everybody looked like they were cold. It looked like it was it was November. <laughs> yeah, Chuck, I got I, I got a you know I was in Kentucky this weekend for a wedding, and um, we went by the farm to see our foals, and they were telling me it's so dry there in Kentucky. The ground is so hard. I I had a I got a foal that has a a fracture in the foot, wow. and they and they said they've got about five more that also have that because of that ground. I mean, it's unbelievable. Usually, that you know, it's raining up there nonstop. Oh, and the funny thing is, speaking of that, Friday we had a European, you know, in at Churchill. Oh, off the turf, scratched him. <laughs> oh man! So it's like one time they do get, you know, <laughs> they do get rain. Where of course we got one in, you know. Yeah, some sometimes you get lucky with that, and sometimes you just don't. I, I know there's nothing more frustrating than when you have turf horses, and, and you just. They just can't stand up in the in the dirt. Uh, yeah, you know, and, That's and what you I'm just learning. you, you have to make sure you can run it off track. You know, and it's like, oh, you know, it's because you always get in perfect 
perfect spot. You have perfect pose. Oh, yeah. Race looks like it's going to set up for you. And then you look at the forecast, you know, 70% chance of rain. It's like, shit. Yeah, Chuck, I think we were two to one on Friday. Oh. Race. I mean, we were, we were sitting on a win, you know, and it was a nice allowance race, too. I mean, this horse, you know, and he's gotten unlucky in his three starts here in the States. And, uh, you know, um, I don't know. It's, and that's one that actually Dad and I own 100% of. So he's just, you know, crushing us right now. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's frustrating. It's funny because I think sometimes the big outfits make it look so easy because they're always winning. And I say, yep. you guys, are, it's like an iceberg. You're only seeing the tip. You're not seeing all the other ones, you know, that, nope. that, that have issues, that got sick, that get, you know, that, that you have ready to run and had this and that. And there's just so many things that can go wrong. And, and so, you know, so few things can go right. And uh, it seems like, you know, the guys who have 250 horses, they, they're always in the winner circle because they have so many good horses. And it's like, man, it's not as easy as they make it look. If you talk to those guys, there's a reason that their hair is gray, you know? Yeah. It, it's not because they're, they're uh, you know, concerned about, uh, you know, where they're going to invest their next, uh, you know, million dollars. It, it's about all the the things that can go wrong with horses. It's like, man, the, the list is so long and the things that can go right, the list is so short. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's oh, just. Absolutely. Uh, and they can afford, you know, the big guys can afford to sit on a horse. If it rains off, it's like, oh, well, you know, we got we'll get them next time. You know, us, we're sitting there, you know, writing checks and just like, oh, my God, you know, watching our watching our bank accounts, you know, it's totally drained. It's like, God, we got to run these horses. No, it's, it's expensive. I had Dean Reeves on uh, last week, and Dean has something like 80 horses. And he has a lot of them in partnerships now, too. He's just the same thing. He's, you know, like your horse gets to the top of the stretch and you own a third of them, you own 10% of them, you own 100% of them. You root the same, you know, way. It's not like, it's, yeah. ah, well, I only own a third of this one, so I'll just root a little bit. Like, you know, you're still like screaming, you know, it, it's still the same feeling when you win. It's just, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just a little bit better feeling when you get the bills and you only have to pay a third of the bill instead of having to pay the whole bill. A hundred percent. And, you know, we've been, we, our business plan, we, uh, you know, we build a year of bills into the initial buy-in. So you will not get billed until they are a three-year-old. And, you know, by that point, we hope that the first money they're making takes care of the expenses, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And so we've yeah. only had, out of the five big partnerships we've done, we've only had to do one cash flow on one of them. Um, so, you know, I, now I'm not saying we've, you know, made money on everyone, but, but um, you know, at least we haven't had to do a cash call on the majority of them. And so that helps out a lot, too. No, that, that, that's, that's important, too, because the one thing I, I've had owners, and, and for a while I was, I was kind of like taking an unofficial poll. Like, all right, what do you love about racing? What do you not love about racing? And, and there's plenty of things on both, you know, sides of the ledger. But I remember one guy said, he goes, you know what bothers me? He goes... I get bills all the time and he goes, it's not like they're big bills a lot of ways, but he goes, it seems like every time I, I, I open the mailbox and of course this is when you know, most people are still using actual like mail. Um, yeah. Cause I mean now I think most people email bills, but he goes, I, I would get like every time I would go to, you know, the, to the mailbox, I'd have another bill. And he goes, it's not that, like you said, I don't mind paying the bills. He goes, and a lot of them weren't even big, you know, lot, you know, like big expensive bills. He goes, it just seemed like all I did was write checks, write checks, write checks. Yeah. And and I think the way you're doing it is a smart way because like like for 12 months, there's no bills at all. And then, um, you know, like you said, if you can build up some equity in the horse and they can earn some money on, uh, you know, the further away you push it, I, I think that that's important because, you know, especially if people are doing this for, um, uh, you know, for for entertainment purposes, it's sure they want to do well, and you want to get a a filly that gets graded black type um, sure. that you can uh, sell and 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 kind of you know put back in. I mean, everybody wants to do that, but I mean, uh, most people that are I'm sure are your partners, and most people that, that buy into horses, they're not doing this as their primary business, you know. So yeah, like they want to have fun with it and. Uh, I mean, paying bills is not fun no matter what, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's just not the the best part of it. And, 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 you know, I think that's what attracts some people to some of the partnerships. Um, even the micro share part where, where people are, I, I, and listen, uh, 
I have no problem. If people want to buy microshares, that's fine. But you're not a real owner of a horse, you know? Like It's almost like you're not a real owner if, if you don't at least one time, like, shake your head because of your bills, <laughs> you know? Oh, 100%. <laughs> and look, I'm going to say this, and I, and I don't, but, like, I think my racehorse is a great thing. Microshare is a great thing, right? In the And, look, when I, when, when I try and talk about, you know, our horses, I, it's a team. It's we. It's us. It's our. It's it's you know. I really and sometimes accidentally I might slip and say mine or I. But right. I right. Very rarely do, and that's the only thing that kind of got me was people are like, my horse won the Kentucky Derby. Well, it's it's a team effort. You know, I don't yeah. care if you own ninety percent of it. You st- I still don't like it when people say mine. You know, and that's yeah. just me. I'm, I mean, and, and so I don't, I don't voice that very often, and I don't, I don't know if I ever have, to be honest with you, because I didn't want to get any backlash on Twitter. But you know, that's just the way I see it. This whole thing is a team effort, um, from the groom, you know, to the valet, to the jock, to the trainer, to, to the to the hot walker. Every, I mean, to all of our partners. You know what I'm saying? It's it's none of these horses would do what they do if it wasn't for an entire group of people. You know? Absolutely. And, and you know, honestly, that's, that's way I, so I think sorry. that that was one of the things that we missed last year when when we weren't allowed to go to the races because racing is a, is a social aspect. It, it, the social aspect of it is is so important, and you know, it's a lot more fun when you win with other people too. Um, you know, winning is great no matter what, but I mean, you win the race and you go in the winner circle and it's you and the groom and and maybe the trainer. I mean. It's so much better if you have a couple friends or a couple partners with you, or especially the guys that never thought they would, um, you know, own a horse or own yeah. a horse that won a race at this track. I, I had a, an owner who's um, who's passed away, who was a great guy, and he had tried uh, some really successful trainers. Like he had horses with like Jason Service and Tony Dutro and. And and he had never really had a lot of success. And, you know, a lot of times it's just bad luck, you know, especially when you're buying yeah. like one horse at a time. And uh, we claimed a horse off Bill Mott um, and did really well with the horse. The horse wound up winning a stake race, and that was the only stake he ever won. And, uh, like, he was just so, like, unbelievably happy to, to have done it. And it, and it, it was just one of those $75,000 stakes uh, overnight races at Gulfstream. Sure. But... You know, he had, had tried so hard so long to do it. And, um, yeah, everybody loves winning, especially you know, winning stake races. But, like, I'll never forget, like, just feeling, so, like, so satisfied that we were able to, um, you know, kind of fulfill this guy's dream. And and it, he, he was a, a guy that had, he, he had some money, but he, he wasn't, like, a guy that was worth $50 million or $500 million or, sure. you know, something crazy. And, and, uh, and that's just that, that aspect of uh the camaraderie and and the social aspect and and, i mean just the stuff like like the maniacs are doing you know like uh like swift and 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 chew and and uh uh all the you know just the degen nation whole the whole um uh, concept um and dylan of course who's who's you know funding a lot of it um, you know, some yeah. of the stuff that they did, uh, it was so sad to hear that, that, uh, Eric, uh, Torpy had died, it passed away. And, you know, those guys, um, kind of, you know, showed that guy love and, and, you know, he, he's a dying guy. He was dying, literally dying. And, and he was able to have some moments of, of joy. I can't imagine being in that, um, in that situation, you know, where, where you're like, shit, uh, you know. I'm not going to make it to Saratoga, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and still yeah, be able to video, to find, you know. You know like there. Yeah, yeah, like and and I think that's so important and there's so many people out there that I believe really love horse racing. And I and I was talking about this last night, you know, Barry and I was like, shit. I I stopped going on Steve Bick show and Steve's my friend for a long forever. And Steve's one of my closest friends, but I said, Steve, every time I'm on your show, I'm like the voice of doom. I said, we only talk about yeah. bad things. And I, I don't want people to just associate <laughs> me with, oh, there's Simon again. You know, like, shit, <laughs> things must be yeah. bad again because we got him. Well, and, we go. uh, you know, it, it's like there there are so many good things. And it's like, man, I, I want to have stories and talk about things that, uh, I mean, that's one of the reasons I started doing this. It wasn't just to, like, have a bitch session every every day. We could do that on Twitter. But, um, sure. you know, there's so many people that, that, that want to have a part of a horse. And, you know, the way partnerships have grown. 
uh, I mean, Cot Campbell was really the guy that, that got him kicked off. Um, I mean, it's, and it's hard to believe, but if you think about before that, there was very, you know, there was very little available for a person that wasn't already in the game uh, or didn't have connections. Um, and, you know, like, you know, even the stuff that you guys are doing, you're, you know, you're bringing some people in and, and you're not like doing it uh, on, a, on a big public scale. But, um, you know, it's just like I said, it's just more fun when, when you're doing it with other people. Yeah, no, you're you're 100 percent right. And look, you know, I've seen the DJ Nation guys get some flack and stuff, but look, I, I I wasn't lying when I said you know on Twitter that yesterday was honest to God one of the like best days of my life at the racetrack. We, I mean, it, I, I don't even know how to explain. Lone Star did a great job, you know, and, and those guys did a good job setting up this room. And it kind of started off, you know, just some people trickling in here and there, and there's you know 20, 30 people, whatever. Well, then they started like, you know, um, some of our, our buddies would go out and, you know, start talking to some girls or some other folks and be like, come on in here. Like, let's, you know, come see what this is all about. And I mean, it was a, it was a freaking blast, Chuck. It was so much fun. I, I haven't been in an atmosphere like that in a very long time where it was a mix of old, young, you know, um, all demographics, all shapes and sizes, um, I mean, everyone was talking, mingling, having fun, you know, uh, winning, losing, whatever. You know, everyone had a smile on their face. Everyone. And it was, I don't know. I mean, we, there's, you know, this is the, the point where I, I wish I was still working for a racetrack so I could kind of help this, you know, these guys out that just don't get it. But they got to start doing some stuff like this, you know. And, um, you know, it's not just a freaking party scene and all that. I mean, I'm 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 standing there, and you know, someone is asking Shu who he likes. I don't know why anyone would want to know who Shu <laughs> likes, but you know, Swift's over there talking to some people, helping them like you know learn some things. Um, I mean, it was uh, you know we're outside smoking cigars, and and people are randomly coming up. Hey, what's up? Nice to meet you. Blah blah. blah. You know, I mean, it was it was so much fun, and and, and you know, I've. And Chuck, I don't know if you've been to Lone Star. You probably told me you have or haven't. I, I have. It's I was like, there one time. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So it's. I mean, look, that 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 tracks my baby. I grew up there. Like you know, I love showing it off. And all these people came in from all over the place. You know, we had the two guys from Florida, two guys from Jersey, buddy from Arkansas, buddy from Chicago, another guy from Oklahoma. You know, people were driving in from all over the place. And they're like, I had no idea this was this nice. You know. Um, and it's it's just good to show that off. And I know, you know, most people who are used to Florida, Kentucky, New York, California, you know, are probably laughing at me right now saying, you know, Lone Star's a great track, but it really is, you know. And um and I don't know, I think I think um, you know, like I was saying, other tracks need to start doing stuff like this. It it, it cost Lone Star nothing to do this. You know what I'm saying? They had an event room, they didn't sell it, so they kinda gave it to them and and, you know, I'm sure that bartender in there did very well yesterday. That mutual clerk did very well yesterday. You know what I'm saying? I guarantee you their handle increased by quite a bit, you know, that if they wouldn't have given them that room, they wouldn't have done that. You know, and all that is cyclical, as you know. All that's going to help, you know, the purses, the products, everything. And, um, you know, we just got to get these guys to... You know, I understand it's a business, and you got to cut costs somewhere. I ran a racetrack. I get it. You know, you've got to be efficient, right? But you got to pick your spots. You know, it's just some these guys got to wake up. And, and, and I know a lot of tracks are on board with it, but some just have their heads stuck so far up their own asses, it's just not even funny. And, you know, I, you know more, you know better than anyone, you know. So it's, I, think, I think we can, we can turn this thing around. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, guys like DJ Nation are, are doing the right thing, you know, trying to trying to help it. Because it's a game we all love. And, and look, what we what we did yesterday, and I, and I said this, you can't do that in the other sport, man. You know, you just, winners, losers, we're all having fun. You know, you go to a sporting event, the losers never have fun, right? I mean, <laughs> right. It's, uh, I don't know. No, nobody, nobody walks out of a football game with more money than they walked in. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I mean, yeah. you, you probably walk out with a lot less. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dear Lord. Yeah, especially at freaking Jerry World over here. Good Lord, <laughs> 20 bucks for a beer? 
I was there for the NBA All Star game when they had it there, and I was. I the, was there as well. Uh, yes, I can't believe I didn't see you. I mean, it was only one hundred six thousand people. Yeah, right. But um, that was the first time I ever saw a twelve dollar hot dog. <laughs> yep. I was like, whoa, <laughs> and that was what uh, 10, 11, 12 years ago. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, that's one of the reasons I don't. I'm not a huge Cowboys fan, unfortunately, but I go to maybe one game a year now. Really, and I used to go when it was at the old stadium. I used to go to one or two, at least one for sure. You know, and two, and if they made the playoffs. I go to the, you know, but but now I, I just I don't care anymore, man. I really don't. It's and I'm, and I know my money doesn't matter because someone else will fill my seat and eat that hot dog. But I'm just I'm not going to do it. You know. Nah, I, I hear you. It's uh, you know they were talking bad about your man Luca. I mean, come on, man. Oh, don't even get me started on that. Swift just so the guy's average is thirty four points. Stop it. Thirty four nine and nine, and he's saying the guy sucks. I'm like, man, if he sucks, like, what is everybody else? <laughs> Swift obviously has never had like a stinger in his neck that's shooting all the way down his arm either. I'm sure he's had. He much. just he was so out of it, he didn't know he had it. <laughs> yeah, right. Jeez, man, because it's impossible. It's impossible to, you know wipe your ass with that. I mean, come on. Oh, God. And he wants to sit here and say the guy's overrated. Uh, and then I start putting up stats and he's still not backing down. <sighs> Love you to death, Swift, but just take the L, brother. You know, the the worst part is that I'm going to lose this stupid bet with the Knicks and the Hawks. I'm going to have to buy him dinner. <laughs> <sighs> the, the one Atlanta sports team that didn't collapse. Come on, Atlanta. You got, yeah, right. There's one more collapse left in him, right? I mean, there's got to be. I think there is. The Knicks, the Knicks have been so bad, though. God, it's like brick. It's like, it's like a bricklayer's convention. They could have built, they could have built a pyramid three times over for the amount of bricks they laid the last three games. Baby steps, though. <sighs> yeah, they're getting there. I just hate losing the bet to him. He's, I'm never going to hear the end of it. <laughs> I'm going to probably wind up buying him a $600 steak somewhere. No, no, just. Make sure he understands. But I know one that, thing: that we ain't dinner. gonna, we ain't taking shoes, Master Amex, because we know that thing's gonna get no. declined. Don't even take shoe, Mister Alligator Arms. There, <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> Only you and, and you and Swift. You know, I was thinking about this before, and and uh, you know, they they have a a person on on one of the TV shows and the racing shows that has some clothing line. Um, but I, I mean, wouldn't it be a natural to have the 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 horseshoe you know the the shoe clothing line I mean the jacket with the you know the 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 the, the loafers and and the no socks oh go pull loafers. out not not just the t shirts that he has yeah like as ashamed I am to admit it right now I'm actually wearing a Barshu Life t shirt <laughs> really comfortable um, I hate to give the guy any publicity did a good job on selecting the fabric for these things. Um, I, I have a vest over it, though, so you can't even see the But hey. um, no, he should. He should do the whole thing—the quarter zip, you know, and the and the uh, the shirt under it. Yeah, yesterday, I think he was one of the only ones at Lone Star Park wearing a freaking blazer. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, like in this business, we we used to have Barry Schwartz. You know, <laughs> and, yeah. You know, he was he was our our. our uh, our our guy, our, our uh, clothing designer guy, you know Calvin Klein and stuff, and now we got shoe. <laughs> 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 this is this is uh, what the game has come to. Now we we have shoe. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know if he if if he wants to pay off that Amex anytime soon. I probably wouldn't spend any more money on his clothing line and just let it go from here. And I don't I don't know if anyone else is going to buy that stuff, but um, uh, no, he uh, look, we give shoe. A ton of shit, but he is—he's a—he's a genuinely good dude, and and you know, I know I see a lot of people attacking him, you know, on Twitter. It's like he's not really like that. He's a sweetheart. He's a softy. Him and Swift both—they just—they got to do their bits, you know, and that's—that's yeah. uh, that's part of it. But it, but that's part of the entertainment too, you know. He's—he's yeah. he's a good sport. He really is. And I'm only—I'm only—I'm no, break, only breaking his chops because he has a, 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 a an insane view about the whips, but you know, we'll let that go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and see that's the thing. He's now that's his bit. Now he's, his heels are so dug in. Oh that, yeah, he's just he's not giving it up. You know, I, these, I told these somebody. I told somebody today. Forget about the handle. Forget about the attendance. Forget about everything. Just wait till Paco gets there. When Paco gets there, and he, and he starts swerving all over the place, and he says, "Man, no whip. I got no whip. I, what am I gonna do?" 
I said, then we're going to see what everybody thinks about that rule. <laughs> that is a damn good idea. Just send him up there, like, you know, on a mission. Be like, Paco, just take one for the team. Okay, everyone knows that you really you need your whip, but you're going to go up there and be the example. I don't even think you need to. Mowing him over. You don't even need to put him up to it. He wants to win. The one thing about Paco, listen, I, I, like I said yeah, last night, Paco's my friend. I like Paco, and I, I know he pisses everybody off, and I know he's, he's, he's kind of dangerous. He's a kamikaze sometimes, but he wants to win, you know. And and um, you know he, he'll he'll kind of do anything to win. And so you take the the, the stick away from him, he, you know. Well, there's there's no telling what he's gonna do, but uh, it's it's not gonna be like just give up. I can tell you that much. No. No, and, and like you said, you, if you ride Paco, you live and die by Paco, right? Like, And even if you don't ride him, I can tell you, before he got on the end of the street, I can't even tell you how many times he, like, you know, bumped us, caused us trouble to where we had no shot in the race because of him. Uh-huh. And then when he gets on her, he wins two in a row, including the, you know, Sunshine Philly Bear turf, and he's, like, my best friend. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but, but she also needs an aggressive rider who's going to put her into the race. But then, you know, he rides her... Uh, in another race, and somehow, you know, as he's fighting for position, gets shuffled back to dead last, and she has no chance when she's dead last going into that turn. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So you live and die by him. I mean, you just gotta you gotta take the good with the bad. Um, I mean, but the bit, no, that would be a hell of a sight to see if, if he goes up there. It's just like, all right, you're you're gonna prove why this is a bad <laughs> idea right here, Paco. I hope, I hope you know that. Uh... He's he's gonna be the the, the the experiment, and he doesn't even know. Yeah. It. <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, man, I, I appreciate you joining us, and uh, good luck with it, with all your horses, and uh, don't be afraid to run at New York Bread and Open Company, and um, you know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'm heading uh, down your way uh, beginning of June, so uh, we're we're taking a little family vacation in Naples. And I'm gonna drive over to Goldstein, so um, I'll make sure I'll hit you up and. Oh, we we should be here and and uh, uh, we're trending towards uh, less Gestapo tactics at, at Gulfstream and and more uh, you know open Nissan not so much uh, no the the mask rule seems to be uh, gone so yeah back to normal looking forward to it looking forward to it you know, we'll, uh, I'll give you a call and keep you posted because I think we're going to run Bienville in that Florida bed stake so I'm going to come over and. Uh, and be with uh, you know Dylan Tom and and hopefully we can get her back on track. We start, we got to figure out a jockey now. That's going to be interesting. So uh, yeah. Maybe I might be flying someone in from Texas. There you go. We could bring Paco back. Fly him back. Yeah, he's. <laughs> I can't. I can't count on that. <laughs> I hear you. He'll tell me one thing and then the next day. No. Oh, I tell you. I'll do it next week. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank, appreciate it, and uh, like I said, good luck, and, and we'll see you soon. Anytime, buddy. Have a good one. You got it. Uh, that's CJ from CJ Thoroughbreds. Uh, good guy. Seen both sides. Been on the been on the track management side. Now he's on the the ownership side, and uh, you know, need more people. Uh, more people wanting to, to be as enthusiastic and, and get as many people involved and, and, and as those guys, him and his dad, his dad was a long-time race, a very, very successful racetrack uh, executive and, uh, you know, trying to have, today is supposed to be a positive day. I'm trying to be positive today. So I thought I'd have two guys on who are upbeat uh, and, uh, you know, smart guys and uh, good conversationalists. But uh, I do thank Pete Dank for being on with us earlier of THD Bloodstock. Um, go ahead and check his website out, thdbloodstock.com. Uh, they have the free horse evaluations from the Derby, but uh, they'll, they'll still be be uh, viable for the Belmont. And uh, CJ Thoroughbreds, uh, CJ from CJ Thoroughbreds, uh, we want to thank both those guys and uh, Casey, of course, as you, uh, as usual, and uh, everyone for listening and, and uh, all the input. I really appreciate uh, the kind uh people uh, some of the things that people have, have written uh, that's very nice and I, I do appreciate it. it it's very much appreciated that you listen um and that you have feedback and, and again going in circles podcast at gmail even if you want to like call me names it's okay like the lady that called me the communist the other day um because i wouldn't let her post uh anti-horse stuff so 
uh, it's fine, and and we do love hearing from you. And and there's been a lot of of uh, a lot of input lately, um, the last few weeks, especially um, you know with the the Bafford situation, and and then surprisingly, this whip thing is really. Uh, struck a chord with a lot of people, a lot more people than I thought. Uh, so I've, I've gotten a lot of feedback, and, and uh, you know, there's a lot of people in the industry that they're still a little bit hesitant um, to speak about things in public forums. And uh, I'm willing to, sp- I'll, I'll talk for you. Don't worry. I don't care if people hate me. It doesn't matter to me. So, anyways, thanks again. Uh, we're considering putting a show on Friday night. Uh, with a little Belmont preview. Uh, I don't know that we're going to do it or not. I, uh, check social media um, for that. Check uh, the, the Twitter or Facebook, and, and we will make an announcement of some sort. Uh, if we're going to do that, I, I got to get the guys, uh, Jason and Barry, and see what their schedules look like. And um, I don't want to commit to it yet, but uh, I would say it's probably about a 50-50 chance that, that we do some sort of Belmont preview, even if it's the Belmont Day preview, even if it's a um, just a stakes preview. But uh, we'll probably get something out there. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Why in the past decade has BRL Equine become the premier equine supplement company in the industry? Because we spend millions in research and development before we ever put out a product because we use only FDA-supervised facilities to manufacture for us, because what we say is in them is in them, because they work, because if you're not happy, I'll give you your money back, and because top trainers and veterinarians in thoroughbred racing, standard bred racing, three-day eventing, and barrel racing all trust in BRL Equine. Shouldn't you? To find out more how Flexify HA unlock. Leader Shield and EPO Equine can help you. Contact me, Joseph Volante, 215 501 6880. This is the Going in Circles podcast, hosted by Horseman Chuck Simon. To become a sponsor, to suggest topics, or for questions, email Going in Circles podcast at gmail.com. And log on to our Facebook page, Going in Circles Podcast.